1: Yes, prediction. Pain. Are you ready?
0: I think was a
1: Obviously, you're a little, you know, uh, aggravated by the, the line of questioning regarding Canelo. I don't want to touch this, you know, do
0: it so bad, you know, I don't want to touch his name. Uh-oh. I'm working on the art of humbleness. You hey, why I'm crying because I'm not that person. And I miss him but sometimes I feel like a bitch. I don't want that person
1: to come out because he comes out. The hell is coming with him. And it's not funny at all. It must sound cool like I'm a tough guy. It's just I hate that. Guy. I'm scared. It would be awesome to, you know, be being a great war. Maybe maybe we were the Mexican. Oh,
0: <laughs> wait pop! I have to put the joke. No, no, hey, thank you. They perfect play, man. I appreciate it. Good you. timing. Man. Can't put predictions, man, but I definitely don't want to leave it to the judges. all right here we go thank you guys so much for tuning in if you're tuning in live we appreciate you if you're tuning in later we appreciate you we appreciate you all the way around whether it's on youtube or podcast audio format we have the man the myth the legend mr rashar two quick hicks in the house shout out to you brother thanks for joining us we really appreciate you so this brother's doing big big things and uh, we're really excited to talk about that um get a little bit of familiarity to those that aren't familiar but you should be you don't know now you know mm-hmm. so uh current record is 12 one in one right six yes, knockouts sir. Yes, sir. right brutal yes, brutal knockouts uh, <laughs> so, uh <laughs> you fought mainly for your record 147 but for this next fight you're gonna be fighting at 154 right. um you haven't been in the ring since 2019 um, but you're really excited. And, um, you know, talk a little bit as far as, like, the decision as far as going up in weight, and how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, so um, growing up in weight, I, I feel as if it's more comfortable for me. Um, it's not that I cannot make the 147. It's just, you know, I'm I'm not a young crow in the game anymore. I'm 37 years old, um, and I feel stronger at 154 than I do at 147. Um, so we're going to try to see how it looks. And depending on how the, how smooth the weight comes off, hey, I might be back at 147, just depending.
0: No, I, hey, man, I appreciate that honest answer. And I know a lot of people can relate. And that's good to kind of talk about as far as those decisions that are made. Because, you know, us fanboys. When we hear about a fight, we're like, oh, they should just move up. Or, you know, why can't they just cut the weight and then fight this fighter? It's not that easy. There's a lot of things that go into it and right. that you have to factor in. I like the fact that you said you feel stronger. So you do feel stronger that you'd be at the higher weight, the 154 as far as your power?
1: Right, right. Power speed, I think is a lot is a lot stronger and a lot faster at that weight class.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, sign me up for that. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and dare to describe your, your style. And, uh, you know, by doing it virtually, I feel a lot safer, uh, <laughs> but I would describe your style from watching highlights in some of your fights as being a boxer puncher with quick hands and speed that likes to use your jab and your reach of your 72 inch reach. But you don't describe yourself as that way. Cause you feel that's kind of too confining. You, you have a more versatile style. How would you describe yourself, sir?
1: Um, I say I'm, I'm a adaptive fighter. I think yeah. that's the best way I can put Uh, uh, explain it, and what I mean by adaptive fighter is because I can I can pretty much put any style depending on who I'm going up against. Um, there's not one set style that I do. There's not one set movement that I do. Again, I can go left-handed. I can go right-handed. So I'm a, I'm a versatile fighter to where I can switch stances and and I can go forward. I can fight in the pocket. I can move around. I can do whatever I need to do to win the fight.
0: Alright, for those that are listening, then he's a problem. That's what he's trying to tell you guys. <laughs> he's definitely a problem. So, I know um, fighters, you know, that when they switch up, they feel more comfortable in one stance to the other. Does your, uh, do you feel like you have power on both sides? And as far as the orthodox or a southpaw, you feel just as good on either? Do you do it like the entire fight or mid-fight? Kind of depends on the situation.
1: It's, um, I trust my coach. My coach Jesse Revalo, I trust him very much. Um, he sees things that I don't see from the outside. So, um, if he says, "Hey, turn southpaw this this round," I go southpaw. If he say, "Stay orthodox this round," I go orthodox. Um, my primary fight position is southpaw, uh, but due to a couple of the surgeries that I've had to have, I've had to switch that style up just a bit. So again, I, I adapt to when I need to be adapted to.
0: All right, man, like a chameleon, I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. So, champ, now we've already kind of touched on it. So you are um a more seasoned veteran fighter and you're looking to get, you know, opportunities there. Um, you already got this fight coming up. Um, we're looking forward to that. You're going to be fighting in Austin on February 12th and we'll talk more about that in a bit. But what I wanted to know is in this time, a lot of people, not just coming off of, you know, a disappointment of a loss, which I thought that was a premature stoppage by the way. Um, but what kind of goes into the mindset for you to keep going And again, I'm not a fighter, right? I'm a lover. So I need Mm -hmm. to know as far as, like, what kept you going because it's easier said than done, like, um, you know, but after a while, was it harder? Was there ever any doubt in your mind? i really like for the listeners to know as far as, like, what kept you motivated to move forward and to know that to get you to this point where you're ready to rock and roll in a few weeks.
1: Well, let me say this. Um, Any fighter that tells you that they never have any doubt in their mind is lying Um, because that's a trick that the mind plays with you. The trick, uh, the mind will always tell you certain things, but that fear of taking an L is what keep me pushing. So I don't, I don't, I don't run away from it. I actually run to it. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, as you said, when you take an L, you take your loss. There are certain things that that play in your mind that you have to get over first. It's a mental game, first and foremost. Your mental ain't there no matter what kind of shape you're in physically. There's no need to get back in there. So. Um mentally I got myself prepared and I keep telling myself, you know, I'm a combat veteran. I have been through worse fights than the one I've taken inside the ring. So
0: right. it's
1: nothing to me. It's 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 just getting back up and doing it again. So
0: Well, absolutely, man. That's that's awesome. And yeah, salute to you for being, you know, uh for your service and being a combat yeah. veteran. So, you know, we're hearing a lot lately, you know, I put it out there, you know, Crawford is uh suing his former promoter. Right. And a lot of fighters, you know, as far as like, do I feel supported? I don't feel supported. How huge was your team on supporting you through this? Because there's a lot of trials and tribulations. Like I said, a lot of the fight game from what I hear from fighters like yourself, it's so mental. It's a lonely sport, but you do have a team. So can you kind of talk about your support system and how they helped you overcome and get to the point where you're looking to rock and roll and and really kind of reestablish yourself?
1: Yeah. So, um. Well, a lot of people don't know that in between the time where I wasn't fighting 2019 until now, there was a lot of fight offers that I had uh, that I accepted. But, you know, things don't normally plan out the way you want them to. Um, for example, um, I had a contract signed, ready to go to fight. Austin Trout had it ready to go. Um, yeah,
0: I, I saw the post on social media. So, right. yeah, 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 definitely.
1: Um And some slicy shady stuff happened behind closed doors and to where I'm training for a fight, wasn't wasn't hearing any information about it. Next thing you know, I'm seeing all of a sudden Charles fighting somebody else. And I'm like, yo, I just signed this contract to fight him. Um and you got things like that just happen. Uh so I mean we've we've been training, we've been training to get for a fight. And it was just some something to where I was like, you know what? I just need to take a, se- a step back because my health was the best. Um went through a couple of different surgeries and had to get myself back right. Um, physically. And then my team was like, hey, man, you ready to go? My coach is probably instrumental to it because right. when I go in the gym and do the mitt work with them like that, yeah, you man, you're still strong. You're still fast. You know, you still got this. So it was very instrumental to me saying, you know what, it's time to go.
0: No, definitely. And shout out to him talking about uh, Coach Ravallo in uh, Clean Tejas doing his thing. So he was the uh, Olympic coach, U.S. boxing coach in uh, 1996, correct? Right. 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 So he's got the, um, obviously the Olympic style, the amateur style. So transition to the pro style and also um, very familiar with as far as like the, the Cuban style, as far as the slick in and out boxing. So you have a great uh, coach and mentor to help develop you. Um, kind of talk about as far as like going into this and when you decided like what, at what point, you know, during your process of overcoming your, uh, you know, injuries and surgeries, Did you say, like, I'm definitely coming back? So was it right away? Um, How soon did that take place? Because that had to be, obviously, um, a big moment in a paradigm shift in your thinking, too, to go from, you know, um, like you said, all fighters have doubt. And sometimes your body tells you, hey, man, it's it's not what you want to do. It's what you can do.
1: Right, right. So. I do work inside of a boxing gym. I do train athletes. I do train other fighters in this. Um, I think of where it got to the point to where, you know, I was training a couple guys and, you know, it was asking for some sparring and I got phone calls about doing some sparring and I went to the gym and sparred some of the younger kids and the younger guys and, uh, you know, and they say, no, I still got my, I, I'm in there and I'm competing still. And I'm realizing these kids can't touch me. These kids can't outspeed me. They can't hurt me. And I'm like, man, yeah it's time to get back in the ring. You know, you still got it, bro. And it's just talking to myself, like, you still do this. This right. you still, It's still in you. And right. then I'm telling people, and I'm going and doing all this sparring, and they ask me, Yo, how old are you? And I tell my order, and they're like, well, damn. You know, and that lets me know that I, I, I belong here. I'm, I'm still here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Nothing like the damn to make you think, okay, uh, that's a validation right there. Right, right. You we know, have all been there before. And, yeah, you do uh, – you know, you're you look a lot younger and also in the ring, because I saw some recent sparring uh footage that you did, not too much. You know, they want mm-hmm. to give it all away. But mm-hmm. the, what I saw is man, you definitely got one thing you fight very well off that jab. I, I know one of the fighters that you admire as far as uh winky right. How important is that as far as establishing I know you have the physical advantage being five nine um and using that seventy two inch reach but is that a big part of your arsenal I know you say you're versatile but that's a big part of your game it's
1: it's huge because everything is set up off the jab um there's multiple ways to throw the jab so it's huge just to use the jab and know know what you can turn it into and my coaches say yeah hey, you can use it you can win a whole round off of the jab so I use that to determine what I'm going to do next, all right? Um, I use the jab to say, "Hey, if he's going to keep parrying my jab, well, I'm going to come over the top, or I'm going to I'm going to fake the jab, or I'm, I'm going to always do something to make you think about something different."
0: All right, keep them on their toes. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I love that. And uh, being at 154, being in that division, eventually, how many fights after the the fights you have in Austin on February 12th? before you get your name back into um, you know, a limelight, another bigger fight, another fight. No disrespect to the fighters you're fighting, but to get onto um, you know, a card on television or right. a, you know, a card like that. What's what's your game plan on that that you've laid out with your team?
1: Well my, my game plan, um we talked to um Derek and uh, Manny and we say, man, as soon as we get done with this fight, we wanna hop right back in the ring. We wanna hop right back in. We want um to take take maybe a month off and find something ASAP. Um, I don't want to take a break. I want, I want to stay active. Right. I want, I want to be in as much as I possibly can be.
0: Oh man. I love to hear that. Cause I'm a fight freak. So, yeah. uh, another thing that, um, you know, that you said that stood out in one of your previous interviews that I thought was really, um, I appreciate the honesty is you're like, look, legacy is one thing, but I also don't want to be cheated by, and I've been, you know, being a business owner myself, I've jumped on things like, man, this will be a great opportunity. But then I look back and I'm doing all this work. And what did I get paid? Right. Right. So, right. Talk about that as far as the business side, as far as like what you've learned, uh, being a bit, you know, being yourself a, a entrepreneur, businessman. How hard is that balance? And do you rely completely on your business team? Do you also is there? You know a lot of communication you have with them like hold up man I don't I don't know about that or they know you well enough and you trust them which what's, what's, how does that Oh, they,
1: they know me well enough and they trust me. Um they they know that like yeah like you said legacy is something I started this game late. I don't have enough fights since 37 years old. Right? I can't talk about legacy. Right now it's for me to talk about financial stability. Setting my people up for success. I mean when I say my people I mean my kids, my family right. setting them up for success for when I'm done, like I don't want to be doing this my whole life. I don't want to be working for somebody my whole life. I want to build generational wealth. Boxing is my platform. Not only that, boxing is my voice because I have a good following of people and my community is not in a great standings. I use that voice to further um, improve my community to get get my people together. And I say my people, I don't mean black, white. I mean, my people as the people in my community for us to all be better off so i use boxing as a platform to launch me forward to do big, bigger and better things
0: no man i love that you know and uh well said i know it's genuine and it comes for the heart and i can definitely appreciate that just like i appreciate your uh your non-profit man like i've heard it being put out there and i apologize for not knowing more about it but hey here's that opportunity where i can learn more about it. so let's move colleen um obviously referencing colleen texas and how you're a big supporter of that community Talk a little bit about that, and you know, is that part of the motivation you have aside from your family and uh, your competitive side to you know reach bigger and better opportunities?
1: Yeah, so um, let's move, Colleen it's, it's a nonprofit organization that I we established. Um, what it was is um, I got to give you a little beginning of what happened. The the um, community was crying out, right? The George Floyd incident happened. Community, everybody was you know there was riots across America. Everybody was looking for justice to be had, but people were doing it in the wrong way. Um, my city was was doing the exact same thing. It was, they was they were upset. They were hurting, and I just called out to them and said, "Hey, listen, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a, a march. We're gonna do those things. We're gonna protest, but we're gonna do it the right way. We're not gonna burn our city down. We're not gonna trash our city. And if you respect me enough to do it." Just be be by my side and, and let's let's show people that we don't have to be destructive to get our voice across. Well, this event had over six hundred people there. Not one thing was damaged. Not not one person was arrested. Um, and it was covered across our whole state. Um, so that let me know that I had a following. With that same voice, I created opportunities for you know unemployment. Created. Um, we're now doing a development to do housing for the homeless. Um, so we are constantly looking for grants and constantly doing things to help people further themselves. We just had our very first Christmas, our annual Christmas party to where we had the less fortunate kids and we had over a thousand toys to give out. So right. um, yeah, it's, 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 it's out to be something that that's big and I want to keep it going and even venture out to other States and other locations.
0: No, that's great. You know, and that, and that, that says a lot about you and your character and also the Follow through. What I tell people all the time, you know, and I'm sure you experienced that, where you can be talking to somebody in passing or somebody you may know, um, you've known for a while, and they may have a great idea, but nothing comes from it. So for you to take that great idea and actually act upon it, that says a lot about you. Right. Um, I've met some people, and I actually work for some people that are, you know, very successful in business. And you know what they tell me is they say the difference between them and a lot of people is basically just doing it, you know, just actually right. action, um, speak louder than words. And you know, right. that that's definitely well said and uh it, it applies to you, sir. So shout out mm-hmm. to you on that. Oh, Speaking of well said, you're not scared to crack on somebody. Please don't mm-hmm. crack on me, sir. Uh but um you also are a comedian too, which I, I think is unbelievable. To me, mm-hmm. that says more than anything that you want all the smoke. So how did that come about, you know? So
1: uh, I don't so um quick story I um I I grew ill back a long time ago and I survived it. And I live with the same mantra saying I made it through the worst of times. What do I got to be upset about? Right. You know what I mean? So I make light of little things and every little thing that I hear, every upset situation that someone goes through, troubling times my God, I try to find a, a the comedy behind it. And and people just made people laugh. And I just had a friend that said, Man, you need to do stand-up. I said, you know what? I want to do stand-up. So I was watching a couple of people do shows, reached out to a friend of mine, said, Hey man, I want to get on stage. They say, Okay, all right, cool. Well, we're gonna get you on stage. Next thing you know, I'm taking her to one of her shows. And she's like, hey, This is gonna be your first time on stage. So my very first time on stage was doing a live show. Really? Not a, open mic, not a contest, was a live show. And it was like I was a little bit terrified.
0: I'm terrified for you just hearing the story.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like, but one of the jokes I use when I go on stage is like, if you guys don't know, I'm a professional fighter. So if you plan on talking junk or, you know, heckling me, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) So that's, that's literally one of my great advice.
0: So, (laughs) nah, definitely. So I know, um, you know, it goes without saying that I don't know why people are obsessed with being hecklers, man. Even after saying that, do you, get people that literally want to want the smoke i mean no
1: nah, nah, i don't because um you know that to my horn i'm pretty funny
0: <laughs> um
1: <laughs> so i don't really don't um i really don't get too much heckler yet because i know it's going to come one day yeah. um but it's just to me it just i like the competition i think sitting on stage is, is competition because you got to keep people laughing for having on your stage so if i lose a laugh meaning someone I look into the audience and I don't see someone laughing gives me motivation to make to make better jokes next time I get on stage so
0: wow you know that that's a great point like where you're literally competing for you know their their laugh like their acceptance mm-hmm. right in a way mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you can see the immediate reaction kind of like we're boxing you know like if you have the right punch you can see the immediate reaction from you know the, the fighter you're fighting absolutely that's, yeah that's absolutely crazy all right so man love that and uh Let's talk about something very important, because like we said, that's why you're here, brother, you know, to learn about how amazing you are. But people are going to want to when they hear this either on the YouTube or on our podcast, different platforms available on Spotify, Mm -hmm. Apple or iHeartRadio or all your podcast platform options. So let's talk about how how can they see you? So we have this card coming up. Like we said, it's going to be February 12th. And you are going to be a part of that card. Mm-hmm. It is next fight up. Now, great flyer, by the way. It's going to be at Givens Recreation Center, 3811 East 12th Street, Austin, Tejas. Doors open up at 5 p.m. First fight at 6 p.m. And our man looks like, I don't know who's the idea. Are you the main event, sir? I mean, uh- it looks like at all the belts. You're in the middle of the flyer.
1: I think I am. I think I am going to be the main event for this. Man,
0: fight. that's what's up. That's how we know it's a good card. Mm-hmm. So, um, how man, how exciting is that?
1: It's a man. Listen, um, as soon as the tickets went on sale, we've already sold about six or seven tables, uh, and then half the half the actual show. So again, my following, and I just want to put on the show for my people, man. Um, yeah. I get asked all the time, Rashad, when you going to fight? When you going to fight? Right. And and it's just more so I. I I, I'm I had a loss for words because I really I'm just I'm ready to go. Like I'm ready to get back in the ring. I'm ready to put my people to to have the joy of seeing competition in and in just a show. Just me being right. able to put on the show.
0: No, definitely, man. I can hear in your voice. You're definitely excited. And um now, as far as like the fight, you know, and coming back, fighting 154, you're feeling great. How many rounds is that fight gonna be? Because you know, that's that's another thing that's really important that I've learned. Um, as well, far as watching fighters like they say, like, well, the the rounds are are key as far as like you know the strategy and you know as far as getting their legs back.
1: Well, at first, I was told it's going to be um, a four round fight, which I was kind of like, mm, I don't want a four round fight, but oh, wow. six rounds, six rounds for this fight. If it's four, if they make it four, then we'll do what we got to do. But six rounds, um, I want to, I want to get my feet wet. I um and I you know don't want to get in there with a duck because I want to actually move around, get some rounds in. Right. So I again I want to put on a show. That's that's more than anything. I want to put on the show. I don't think I've ever been into a, a born fight.
0: Um, Man, that's, and I don't that's want to
1: start being in a born fight. I also don't yeah. want to take punishment either. So but
0: No, that's true. Especially uh, like being active, you know, you if you that's the thing, you can dominate a fight and suffer like a, a cut like we've we've known a lot of fighters where that's happened and they're on the shelf you know and they're they're dying because they they won they did well things open up people want them to fight but because of you know they can't get uh sanctioned to fight uh they won't get mirrored uh, cleared by the medicals uh so so i'm praying that that doesn't happen obviously i want the best for you and want you to to win but Man, people don't realize. Like, man, if there's any kind of like cut or injury, man, it won't get cleared, and then right. that's super frustrating. So, right, um, man, right. So that's, that's, that's
1: kind of why I'm, um, I'm very, I'm not picky about who I'm fighting, but styles make fights um, wild, crazy, nothing to lose, guys. And it's like, yeah, you don't want that when you're coming back um, into the ring, and and especially we're going to be active. I want a tough fight this year. I want the tough fight this year. I want the complicate. I want the fights that no one thinks I'm going to take this year, which means I'm going to have to stay, stay away from cuts. Yeah, um, definitely. Stay away from the guys who come in with their head down. I, I, you know, about being smart, um, about your approach back into the game again with me also just getting back into the rain. You know, I know rain rush is going to be something that I'm going to have to overcome and I'm expecting it and I'm mentally preparing myself for it. So, Yeah, it's it's imperative that you you do go into it with with the understanding that something can happen, but you do your best to avoid it. But it is a fight, so you can't say what's going to happen during the fight.
0: No, definitely. And that's a great point that you brought up as far as ring rust. So, like, there's a lot of terms us fans kind of throw out there. We're not fully understanding it. So from my perspective, ring rust is basically your your rhythm is off. Right, yes. so you're not exactly where you want to be. You're you're being effective. You're controlling the fight. You're having you know success within the ring, but as far as like your sharpness, your jab is not as crisp. Your uh, combinations aren't in you know the effective as you would like. You're just basically not yourself. So right. you're saying that is there any way? And I've heard hell no, but I like to hear perspective. Is there any way to um, reduce that completely? With sparring and training, it has to be in in the ring. It has has to be in
1: the ring ring, because you can't, you can't simulate the crowd noise. You can't simulate the crowd um, yelling back and forth while you're inside of the ring during training camp. Right, and that does that does sometimes add to a fight or take away from a fight. So when you got people yelling out, get them, get them, get them, hit them, hit hit them, move, move, all that stuff, you can't simulate that things inside of the gym. So you oh, just that's got to get in the ring and do it.
0: No, oh, that's that's true. But uh as far as sparring though, you are getting some good work in. How how's has that been going?
1: Well, sparring um we are stepping up our sparring starting next week. We have just been doing a little bit moving around um for right now, but sparring my coach does the best. He has one of the, the, the I want to say the best sparring take or sparring routine. I've I've, I've witnessed um from Days every days where I don't know if we're gonna be sparring or not. I walk into the gym. Hey, get ready to spar. So it's it's spontaneous. Right. Um, not if mental, it takes you off mentally and just has you going, getting ready to go. So you got to get your mind wrapped around it like right now. Um, and then you know I'm pretty sure everybody's heard of the Shark Tank. We got yeah. the Shark Tank to where I'm in the middle of the ring and I got a fighter standing on east corner. For one minute, I may spar this guy. And the next minute, I gotta spar another guy. Next minute, I gotta spar another guy. So, did we do different things to get geared up?
0: Damn, one no. day we
1: might do four four minute rounds. One day we might do five minute rounds.
0: Whoa, man! Uh, Coach Travalo ain't playing no games, man. I nah, see. Man. You. Dang. All right, yeah. so man, this has been awesome, champ. Um. And definitely again, reminder for those that February 2nd, Austin, Texas, that's the place that you want to be. Follow this man on social media. Where is uh your social media so they can follow you and uh you know know about these great things you're gonna be doing? Got you,
1: got you, got you. So my um my Instagram is two quick hicks. That is T-O-O quick hicks. Um, you can also follow me at Rashad Javon Hicks on Facebook and as well on my Twitter, which is two quick hicks as well.
0: Oh man, awesome champ. Also, on the comments on this, real quick, hey man, I heard that the uh, Eagles are going to beat down Buccaneers. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, no, he didn't say that. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. We might have to do another interview after this one, when, after that game, and we'll talk about how you feel after that.
0: No, I would just play. I, I am not an Eagles fan. I just wanted the reaction. So thank you for that, sir. Thank <laughs> you. So, uh, no, man, great stuff. And honestly, champ, it was truly an honor. And we can't wait to. Uh, you know, talk to you again soon after you had several fights and success, and you're still that great guy. And talk even more about your Let's Move Colleen, because I believe that is an awesome program. And I believe this is the only beginning. You're like, yes, sir. I, I truly love when people are honest and genuine and have conviction to want to do bigger and better. And then they actually do it, man. So, mm-hmm. salute to you. You're the man. And uh, we are out of here. And a quick shout out to uh, the HCP network doing great things. Um, great set of shows, great programming, and they are all about the real boxing talk, so definitely follow them and the- It's Maestro A It's Kenny T I'm back in New York City after a, a weekend in Las Vegas We got Power Punchers episode two, episode ah. dose. Hit that like ah. button as you come in. It's your boy Jay
1: Introduce- from the 408, coming to you all the way from my podcast studio in San Jose, Califas. You know what time it is. It's time for What's the shooting. everyone. Welcome to Al Chile. We got my partners in crime, Run PMC, and Nopal with us and visiting us for the first time. Al Chile means it style real. boxing. Thanks to those joining me live. Those that been joining me here on Archive, I've been joined by the new co-host of ATP, Nancy, from the Boxing Republic. It's my birthday, and then obviously, you know, Red. Red says to me, You know, these are my girls, you have to make sure you do the interview for them. I said, you know what? Even though it's my birthday, we'll do it, no problem.
0: Oh, you're amazing. So so, thank, we'll you know thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. You
1: the all-star panel, the round table number 58 really good weekend. Seguimos en vivo. We are live, ladies and gentlemen,
0: como siempre, Mari Marrero. Sean El Gringo Hicksa. Ah Hopper. Hey. Always breaking it down like it is, like it Hi. should Welcome be. to the Ringside Reporter Show, where we talk about the latest boxing news. If it's related to boxing, we're going to talk about it right here. My name is Eric Lorta, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe Habib.